Welcome to Chase Family Church. You're about to hear a message from one of our Sunday mornings, and we pray that God would bless it to you and to your family. I'm assuming I'm on. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah, I've got the thumbs up from the back. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name's Suze, and I'm on the staff here at Chase. And uh, before I start my talk this morning, I want to say hello to someone really special who I know is watching, and that's my grandmother. Uh, Grandma celebrated her 80th birthday yesterday, so happy birthday, Grandma. And thank you. (laughs) Uh, Grandma actually uh, watches us every week here at Chase, and um, her church was closed down um, about a year ago, I think it was now, because they couldn't sustain it anymore. And so for her, this has been a real lifeline. It's been a real source of joy for her to be able to watch us here at Chase. So um, it's great to have you with us. This morning, and I called her yesterday, and she said that she was really looking forward to my address, which uh, is very formal. Um, but anyway, I'm going to pray before we start. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you uh, that you are here with us now. Whether we're here in this room or at home, you are with us. And I pray now as I speak that you will speak through me, that it's your words and not mine. Amen. So, I've got a little quiz to start us off this morning. And uh, what I'd like you to think about when I'm going through this list is what do these things have in common? Okay, so I'm going to start off this little presentation with this as well. Um, So the first thing is umbrellas. Uh, Keys is the next thing on my list. Mobile phones. A pigeon costume. A roll of carpet. £15,000 in cash. A drum kit and false teeth. Any ideas? What do these things have in common? Everyone's looking a bit blank at me right now. Richard knows because he's seen the answer. Okay, well tell me the answer. Yes, okay, so he has guessed correctly. Uh, Maybe you have at home as well. These are things that have been lost and found on the London Underground. Okay. And I'm sure every one of us at some point in our lives has lost something. And I'm one of those people that puts things in a safe place and then forgets where that safe place is. I'm sure lots of people are in that position as well. And there's always that panic as well when you go on holiday, when you go abroad, and you're praying that your passport is where you think it is. And I wonder how that person felt who lost £15,000 in cash. They must have felt sick. It's a really horrible feeling when you lose something. And you replay the events in your mind. You try and remember what happened. You're trying to remember where it is. And you go over and over it. It makes you feel anxious. It makes you feel agitated. And I can, I can confirm that the £15,000 was returned to the right owner. How incredible is that? They were able to get it back to the person. Um, yeah. Um, when I read that, I thought, who would take £15,000 in cash on the tube? I mean, they're crazy. But anyway. I'm sure also that every one of us has been lost at some point in our lives. That awful feeling of not knowing where you are and not knowing how to get to where you want to be. It's it's an awful feeling. And the word lost is something that we attribute to lots of different things in life. Lost my bearings, lost my keys, lost momentum, lost the will to live, lost my place, lost perspective, lost someone I love lost hope and I wonder if you can relate to any of those things today 
And we don't plan on losing things. It's something that happens out of our control. The feeling of losing something or someone can be gut-wrenching. It can make you feel sick. It can cause anger. It can cause anxiety. But let's contrast that with the feeling of being found. The whole meaning changes, doesn't it? Found my bearings, found my keys, found momentum, found the will to live, found meaning, found my place, found perspective, found hope. So what does it mean to be found? Well, we're going to look at a story that Jesus told. And this is the story that we've just seen on the video, brilliant video that we've just watched. And Jesus loved to use stories when he spoke to people. And the stories were always about something that people could relate to. And it would help them to understand more about God and what it means to follow him. And losing something is an experience that we've all had at some point in our lives. And so Jesus uses this experience in three stories, which he tells back to back. And these three stories can be found in Luke chapter 15. They all describe God's love for us and how he feels when someone decides to follow him. So the first story is about a shepherd who has 100 sheep. One goes missing, but rather than thinking, oh, it's okay, I've got 99 others, I don't need to worry about that one, he goes out and he looks for the lost sheep and he finds it. And the second story is about a woman who loses a coin and she searches and sweeps her whole house until she finds it. She doesn't give up looking for this coin. And I want to focus on the third of these three stories. So we're going to read it again uh, from the Bible. It's Luke 15, starting at verse 11. It's quite a long story, so settle in as I read it to you. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth on wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and I'll go back to my father and I'll say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called out one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. 
So his father went out and pleaded with him. He answers his father, look, all these years I've been saving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So the younger son left home to find something that would bring him more happiness. And he thought that was having money. But when the money ran out, what was he left with? Nothing. He realised all he had lost from leaving his father's home. He had to make that decision to return home and say sorry for all the wrong things he'd done. He wanted his life to change. And I love this story because it, it paints a beautiful picture of the father's love for his sons. And I think the thing that's most shocking about this story is the father's reaction. You can just imagine the people listening to Jesus telling this story and expecting him to say that the father was really angry with his son when he came home. Or maybe he was going to say that um, the father immediately put the son to work to earn back the money that he'd lost. Or maybe that the father kept reminding the son of all the stuff that he'd done wrong. <laughs> Sorry, someone's phone's just gone off. But as we know, that isn't what Jesus said. The father in this story represents God, and Jesus was using the story to describe God's character. So let's read again the father's reaction. Verse 20, but while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So there are four things that the father does in that moment. The first thing is that the father was looking for his son. It says that he, he, while he was still a long way off, he saw his son. He was actively looking for the son. And I wonder if he did that every day. I wonder if he waited outside every day to see if his son would return home. He was expecting him to come back. The second thing was that the father ran to meet his son. He didn't wait for his son to get to him. He ran to meet him. He didn't walk slowly. He ran to meet his son and he welcomed him home. The third thing is that the father reinstated the son as a son. The son wanted to be a servant. He felt he didn't deserve to be more than that. But immediately the father, he got a robe and he got a ring and sandals. And those were all things that signified that he was a son and not a servant. And the fourth thing he did was he threw a party and celebrated. This is the total opposite of what the son deserved. But this is what God does for us. We can think of all the ways that we've let him down and the ways that we've messed up. But God wraps his arms around us, calls us his child and celebrates. And the thing about this story and the one about the lost sheep and the lost coin is that Jesus tells it in response to something that is said by some Pharisees and teachers of the law. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were rooted in the law's and the rules given in the Old Testament. 
And they also lived by traditions and practices passed on through to them through the generations. So them living by these rules and laws and traditions was the most important thing. And people looked up to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law because they were religious and they were knowledgeable. A lot of them were in government as well at that time. And the problem was that the Pharisees, they didn't live out what they preached. They were quick to point out when people messed up and they condemned them for their failures. And they followed Jesus around and they tried to trip him up and they tried to catch him out and they tried to outwit him and they really struggled with the stuff that Jesus was saying and doing. So let's have a look at what caused Jesus to tell these stories. So right at the beginning of Luke 15, it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered round to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. In their eyes, these people who were listening to Jesus were not worthy of spending time with him. They broke all the rules of the Old Testament. They didn't live good lives, in their opinion, and they called them sinners. And the older son in this story has a similar attitude as the Pharisees. He felt that the younger son didn't deserve the welcome home that he received. And he complained to his father that he never once received the same love. Verse 29, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. But what's the father's response here? Well, it's in verse 31. My son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. The older son had missed the point. He had a different understanding of what it meant to be the father's son. And like the Pharisees, he thought that the most important thing was proving his worth to his father through working hard and obeying his orders. But he missed out. He missed out on experiencing a relationship with his father, a relationship that was based on unconditional love, not on reward. And when I became a Christian, I thought I had to prove myself. I thought that God was interested in how long I read the Bible for every day, how many people I prayed for, how many times I quoted scripture to somebody. But as we've seen with this story, I'd missed the point. Being a Christian means being in a relationship with God. God loves me for me, warts and all. It's because of his love for me that I want to pray and I want to read the Bible and I want to live my life where I put him first because I know that he loves me. And I wonder where you're at this morning. Are you feeling lost? We're living in a world at the moment that's being dominated by a pandemic. Our economy is struggling. People are struggling. Life has changed. Are you feeling lost? Do you feel like you've lost your security? Do you feel like you've lost hope? Do you feel like you've lost meaning? And it's been a really tough year. And at times, I felt lost in a COVID world. I've come to realize that times that I felt lost are times when I change my focus. Rather than focusing on Jesus, I focus on the virus. I focus on the news. I focus on the worry. I focus on the unknown. And it makes me feel really insecure and anxious and alone. All those things that we talked about at the beginning when you lose something. And I quickly realized that I need to find Jesus again. And I need to put my focus back on him. My circumstances may not change, but my focus does. 
Focusing on Jesus means that I find peace and I find perspective. I find meaning and I find hope. And if you're feeling lost today, maybe you need reminding to focus on Jesus. Or maybe you've never experienced what it means to be found by Jesus. And I was trying to think of a way to describe what it means to be found by Jesus. And honestly, it's beyond words. I can't really explain it because it's just so incredible. All I know is I was once, I was lost, but now I am found. Jesus has changed my life and I don't need to worry because he's in control. And he wants to do the same for you. So if you want to find Jesus today, or maybe you've drifted away, or maybe you're focusing on other stuff, or maybe you've run away from him, maybe it's time to come back. So I'm going to pray a prayer, and uh, pray it with me if you want to, um, to experience what I experienced, this being found by Jesus. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life. I'm fed up of running. I'm fed up of feeling lost. I want to be found by you. And I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit and be with me forever. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to the message today and pray that it would bless you in your life. And if you have any questions you would like to ask, then please email info at chasefamilychurch.com.